in the high desert in the great American Southwest. I'm Art Bell. Slamming into your radio like a supercharged nanoparticle of unobtainium. My name is George Van. I'm Richard Serrett. This is Connie Willis. I'm George Norrie. Welcome to Coast to Coast Day. It's great to be here. Welcome to Coast to Coast PM, the number one unofficial Coast to Coast AM podcast. We are two brothers that analyze the world's largest overnight paranormal radio show known as Coast to Coast AM. My name is Paul. I'm the one that listens to this inexplicable radio show here with my brother. Hey, it's Chris. I'm the Mike Wheeler to your 11 and that we're going into some kind of other realm today. I didn't really understand it, but it <laughs> sounded like the upside down kind of. That is correct. We're going to be listening to Rich Martini's June 14th interview with George Norrie, all about the flip side, Chris, where spirit cathedrals and divine councils live. The flip side. Yeah, so our boy Rich Martini, which first off, great name. Yeah, dude, that is a good name. You don't get a lot of martinis anymore. He, yeah, you don't. He's been on coast, I think, roughly 16 times. Which Holy is pretty impressive. crap. He's a regular. And we yeah, haven't talked dude. about him yet. <laughs> so we got to talk about him. Yeah, dude. 16 times. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. When was his first time? Uh, I think his first time may have been 2016. Holy um, crap. So he's oh. been on that many times in oh, just I, a few years. I'm sorry. He goes all the way back to 2012. Okay. Yeah. So he's been he's been coming on one to two times a year, depending on the year. Yeah. Man, a lot got to talk a lot about the flip side. Yeah, he's also written eight books on the topic, including Flip Side, A Tourist's Guide to the Afterlife, Backstage Pass to the Flip Side, and It's a Wonderful Afterlife, Parts 1 and 2. Wow, dude, he's 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 thematic. I'll give him that much. Uh, I weirdly like this guy. It's <laughs> we'll we'll talk about it, but it's interesting, but we're going to actually attempt to meet George Norrie's divine council today Holy and then cow. also learn how we can contact our own divine council. Yes, dude. I love the backstage pass to the <laughs> flip side. I also love when they give us practical things that we can try ourselves. It just grounds it, you know, it grounds it for us. We get some practical things. Yeah, we, we can. He's going to tell us exactly how we can meet our own divine council. Oh, dude. I don't know if I want to. We can do it if you want to. I can guide you through this, Chris. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll see how we're we'll feeling. Try <laughs> maybe we'll try it. All right. But before we get to that, we got to go check in with our good friend, Tim Banal at the Coast to Coast AM blog. Tim time. So today's article, slew of mysteriously slain farm animals caused chupacabra concerns in Guatemala. Giving me chupacabra through Tim time is not giving me chupacabra. I just is want it you not? to know that it's not, this isn't enough. I, I need this a, was. <laughs> I need a full chupacabra episode, dude. That's why I picked this. I thought this would settle the chupacabra needs. All right, fine. It'll have to do It'll have to do for now. All right, listeners, if you have a favorite chupacabra episode, let me know. I'm having trouble finding a, a, a real one, a real full on chup app, app. You know what I mean? Also, can I just comment, and I know that this is a podcast, Chris, but we're going to post this link in the show notes. What the hell is this picture? That does not look like a chupacabra. It looks like a crocodile with spikes on its back. It looks like a child got access to CG software. It looks like a kid's drawing, but CG. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what this is. That's exactly right. So, from the article. 
Residents of a village in Guatemala are calling authorities to investigate a slew of mysterious farm animal slangs that some suspect could be the work of the infamous Chupacabra. It almost certainly is, Paul. According to a local media report, the curious case is currently unfolding in the community of Tecpan, where various creatures have been found dead under strange circumstances over the last several months. How many animals are we talking about here, Paul? Back in March, a staggering 75 chickens, ducks, and turkeys, as well as some pigs, were killed by an unknown predator that seemingly drained them of their blood. Probably a Chinese man, Paul. I don't think you could say that, Chris. Well, remember, it wasn't it a, a Chinese man who uh, killed his uh, neighbor's chickens because he cut down his tree? Was that in China? That was in China. Oh, I was thinking it was India. We do so many India stories. Oh, maybe it was India. I don't remember, honestly. I don't remember. <laughs> it was one of those. Whatever. Anyways, Asia. Still works. Bit, Asia. Bit still works. This was followed by a second incident a few weeks later, wherein several other farm animals were taken down in a similar fashion. Are we talking about bigger animals this time? I don't know. And also, so it's a total of 75 chickens, ducks, and turkeys? Not 75 and pigs. And pigs, I guess. Yeah, the, dude, this, the, whoever this creature is, is not putting down numbers that, you know, not, not impressive numbers like we've seen, dude. We were talking about hundreds of animals before. Yeah, this is only 75, honestly. This just could yeah. be a, a weird uh, disease or something. I don't know. The exsanguination of the animals has led many in the village to suggest that their demise was brought about by the notorious blood-sucking creature of cryptozoological lore. The Chupacabra. Quote, some neighbors say that it could have been the Chupacabra, said one resident, while others say that during the night they have heard what seems to be meowing and have seen a shape of a wolf-like animal at night. A wolf-like animal that meows. That is a little odd, because um, I would have thought maybe a werewolf could be doing this, but I don't think werewolves Ooh. meow. Dude, if you're a werewolf and you're going after chicken, chickens and ducks, dude, not good. It's an ethical werewolf. They don't want to harm humans. I'm just going to try to eat a couple of chickens. And then he gets like a voracious appetite. Mm -hmm. Clear 75 chickens. Once you get a werewolf in the coop, dude, there's no stopping him. It's bloodlust at that point. Ooh. Werewolf in the coop, dude. Beyond the loss of so many farm animals, many people living in the community are concerned that the predator could eventually begin targeting children. Oh, why do they think that? The truth is not known of what kind of animal it is, another resident conceded. What we are asking the authorities is to pay a little attention to this situation and help us identify the animal that is behind all this. Uh, I think they're just worried. Everyone's always worried about the kids. You got to be worried about the kids. Yeah, dude. This seems like this whole town is just starting to like freak out over what could have possibly been in an accident. Well, and, you know, it says that they were exsanguinated, right? But. I mean, I don't know, man. Isn't most things when they get killed dried of blood because the blood comes out because you kill them with your claws? I don't know, dude. I don't know if these things, if all of these creatures were missing all of their blood, that is pretty weird. Could be Satanists. That is. That's a, <laughs> this did become a whole lot of, I didn't, that word was bigger then I knew what it meant. And so I just now realized what it meant. If they were missing all their blood, that's crazy. 
I don't know if I've ever actually seen the word insanguination written down. I was kind of nation. Yeah. Uh, Tim, you need to put up a little dictionary or something because I didn't know that word. <laughs> well, hopefully they figure out what's killing all their chickens because that definitely is a bummer. Uh, but it could just be some kids playing around who really knows. 75, it doesn't feel like that many, especially the fact that it's spread across chickens, ducks, turkeys, and pigs. It doesn't feel like a lot, but that they're all missing their blood is weird. Yeah. Like, I don't know if my prank would have draining creatures of all their blood. Well, remember that kid that pretended to be a ghost for months? I mean, some yeah, people are dedicated to the bit. Yeah, yeah. You are right. You are right. That it, it just seems a little psychopathic. That That is pretty serial killer, to be honest, yeah, to kill that man. many animals as a prank. And then drain them of their blood. Yeah. Well, if we find out more, we will keep you updated on our next Tim Time. I'm not I'm not convinced that was Chupacabra. You're not? No. And so, oh. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're going to have to do a whole episode. Sorry. I like the werecat idea. Is I love it. I like that one, dude. Werewolf, werecat. Yeah, dude. That's good stuff. All right. Well, next up is a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, you can support the show on Patreon. We have the link in the show notes. You'll get early access to episodes. And we also have exclusive patron-only episodes. Uh, you can also sign up for as little as $2, which is less than a cup of coffee a month, Chris. What's what's coffee running these days? Like $20? Oh, dude, it's like 20 or $30 a cup, dude. <laughs> yeah, so it's substantially cheaper than a cup of coffee. Substantially, dude. If you don't have any uh, cash to throw our way, you can also support us by giving us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We're at 4.6, dude. 4.6. Hey, dude, they did come through on Spotify, though. We got we got like six or seven new uh, ratings. So, Oh, Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're over 80 on, on Spotify. So let's, I only, yeah. let's keep on pumping those numbers up. I only track Apple Podcasts where we do not have that many. So if you're on Apple, drop us five stars and leave a review. We read them. We love it. It makes us happy. Um, you can also uh, subscribe wherever you are listening to this. We're on all the podcast players on YouTube. I get the YouTube question a lot. Um, you can find us there. And then you can also send your positive vibes to c2cpmpod at gmail.com or find us on Reddit at coast to coast pm the subreddit which is r slash coast to coast pm i don't use reddit that much that's chris's thing so i don't really know how that works and i think that's it chris to the episode today chris spirit cathedrals and divine councils with rich martini from june 14th 2023 to start off chris i think we gotta ask rich martini guy loves spirits how'd you get into talking to spirits man how'd you get into this <laughs> It, it brings to mind this question, if they can visit us, how do we visit them? And, and it sort of it dovetails into this idea of talking to people on the flip side, you know, your loved ones, yep. people who passed away. If they can visit us as ghosts or whatever, how do we visit them? And that's, what, that's really what, how I got started in this research, because my, as you know, you've mentioned, my friend Luana Anders passed away back in 1996. And then she started showing up in dreams and and then appearing to people that I knew. And they'd say, well, you know, I saw Luana. And, it, and I thought, well, wait a second. If she can come and visit me, how do I go and visit her? And that's what put me in this rabbit hole where I started filming people under hypnosis, like Michael Newton, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and his group, um, 
and talking, you know, it's seeing how they were able to access the between lives realm. We're going to the flip side with Mr. Martini. You know, I do like his idea, though, of like, all right, if we do have spirits and they do go somewhere and those spirits can come to us, why can't we use our spirit to go to them? Yeah, dude, this is the same thought that we've been having for thousands of years. I mean, I think it even goes back to Gilgamesh when uh, Inkadu dies. He's like, I need to figure out how to live forever and get to the realm of people who live forever. Mm -hmm. So this is, is this is an ancient trope, dude. Ancient <laughs> trope. He's rocking that ancient lore, man. That's what it's all about. Yeah, dude. This is this goes all the way to the beginning. If if people die and their spirit lives on, that must mean there is a place where all the spirits live. Yeah, yeah. How well, do we get there? If the thing is, Chris, it's really easy to get to, apparently. It's really simple to communicate with the other side. Most recently, I've been doing it with just simple guided meditation. I discovered that you don't need to do six hours of hypnotherapy. It helps. But just sitting down with somebody and asking them about some event that happened, it, it's like a gateway. And so let's say someone had a vivid dream. Or let's say someone had an experience. Could even be, you know, an out-of-body experience. Could sure. be a UFO experience. Whatever that experience is, if it's vivid enough, you can use it as a key to access the memory of it. Okay, so we're kind of doing like some memory regression type stuff here. Yeah, a, a little bit. And the important call out, too, is he definitely, uh, he starts off talking about hypnosis and how that's kind of how he got into it. But, like, it's so much easier than that, right? You can just meditate and base all and by meditating. He just means like, think about it. That's right. it. That's all you have yeah. to do. And you can talk to dead people. That's that seems pretty easy to talk to dead people then. Shockingly simple. And we're going to learn today how you can do it yourself. Shockingly simple. So one thing about our boy, Rich, though, Chris, he wants to be scientific, man. He wants to get the data and he wants to figure out how we can prove that the afterlife is real. Right. Not just having some like crazy stuff about how we're talking dead people. How do we actually make this scientific? So um, Dr. Grayson's a friend and he wrote this book called After. He's the doctor at University of Virginia who studied near death experiences for so long. And in his book, he talks about how you can get objective data out of subjective experiences if you ask the subjects the same questions. So if you have 100 people who had a near death event, and you ask all of, and that's why we know that only one to three percent of people who have near-death events, the ones who can remember them, have something negative happen. So, ninety-seven to ninety-nine percent of the people who have a near-death event have positive things happen. You yeah. see, yeah. and so this idea of using this subjective experience, whatever it is, as a as a hallmark, so that you can then access. What happened? And then what I do is I say, all right, let's ask this person that you're seeing the same questions. And by doing that, I found I could hone it down into a very simple meditation that pe anybody can do. It's actually pretty shocking, Paul, that only 3% of people are having negative experiences when they have near-death experiences. Yeah, you would think that it would be a worse You think it would be that. a lot higher, dude. You, I don't know. Maybe that's that southern christianity we grew up in but i would have thought the number would have been 
way higher at least but that's actually kind of nice at least 50 percent of people are going to hell right oh at least at least (laughs) my god dude and that's just christians i mean all the non-christians they're definitely going to hell yeah Yeah, that is like really pleasant though at least like when you die it's gonna be a vibe it's gonna be mostly positive unless you're in that three percent can you imagine being one of the people in the 3%? Because like a near-death experience is essentially where you come really close to dying, right? So like you're in a car accident, your car stops. I mean, your your heart stops for like two minutes before they revive you. And then you see a light and your family comes around you and stuff like that. But can you, it would suck to be the person that dies and you're in the negative experience. And that's like the last thing that you get. Dude, can you imagine how life-changing that would be, though? You're yeah. like, oh, shit. I'm definitely going to hell. Uh, I need to do something to change my life immediately. I think that's, isn't that the story of Constantine where Constantine dies and then he realizes he's going to hell. So he's trying to buy his way to heaven. Great movie though. Keanu Reeves shout out. So, and, and he does mention Dr. Grayson, right? And Dr. Grayson is a professor of psychiatry at the university of Virginia and is referred to as the father of near death experience research, which this is not the first time we've heard about University of Virginia, Chris. That's a long, that's a very long title. I'm the father of near-death experiences. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. All, all the crank doctors are apparently at UVA is what we're learning. Who, who was the other doctor that was at UVA? That's where you can get your parapsychology uh, PhD. Ah, that's right, with uh, Dr. Evelyn Paglini. Yep, yeah, she studied at UVA. That's right. I, I believe, totally yeah. forgot that. Dude, no one will ever be as bad as Emory University with Dr. Brown, dude. Who's I'm still sorry. there? He's still Who's there. still there. He's still there. So, I mean, Emory University right now will always get the crank university. Yep. Yeah, they will for sure. Well, Chris, do you want to learn how we can actually talk to our divine councils on the other side? I absolutely want to learn how to do this. I don't think I'm going to do it, but I would like to know how to. I've already done it, so we can talk about my experience as well. Okay. Well, let's hear how you do it. I call it my Beatles meditation. Picture yourself on a boat in a boat on a river. You know, the song, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. And I just have them do that. And, and the people who do that, and I say, okay, what's the boat look like? And then they picture whatever that boat is. And then I say, well, what's the river like? Sometimes it's a lake. Sometimes it's a pond. And from there, then I say, okay, can I invite? a loved one or a guide or someone to sit across from you in this boat. And by doing that, they're imagining, of course, they're pretending that they can see their loved one. But I go from there, and then I I ask the loved one the same questions. I, I ask, are you familiar with me? And, George, you'd be shocked how many people say yes, even though the person I'm talking to has never met me, has never read any of my books. I'm doing this on Zoom. By the way, Divine Councils, cool. I had like 50 people do this on Zoom. They've never met me, don't know me. And I just say, uh, does your guide know me? And the guide will say, yes, we do know you. You're the troublemaker. You're the troublemaker, the, the instigator. A lot of questions. The troublemaker of the flip side. Woo. What I love about this. Okay, so there's there's a few things here. Number one, he's performing. <laughs> He's performing this research into communicating with spirits over Zoom, right. which is the, awesome. The, yeah, dude. The internet is an insane place that just has really connected us. Yeah. So he's going on Zoom and recording these random people who sign up for his experiment. 
and then he he always talks about this. He's constantly asking the spirits about himself. Right. That's incredible. That's you know so me? good. Do you know who I am? Do you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we know who you are. You're the troublemaker. It's like r- really kind of narcissistic how much he brings up the spirits know who he is. Like, no, they've heard of me. I'm a oh, they know who I am. Oh, they're up in their cathedrals just talking about me all the time. <laughs> this rich martini causing issues. Yeah, Mr. Martini in the flip side, known as the Troublemaker. Where do we go from here? This is actually sounding like a pretty cool movie. Honestly, it's not It's not a bad idea. We should add this in to our, our Hollywood list. Yes, this is good. This is good stuff so far. Well, what he was talking about is kind of a classic form of meditation. I've, I've actually heard of it um, as something that people use to go to sleep a lot. It's yeah. like if you have trouble sleeping, you imagine that you're either on a hammock or you're in a canoe on like a body of water and like you really focus in on like, hey, what's this canoe shaped like? You know, how does the water feel? Is it rocking? Is it still and stuff like that? And that can kind of help you sleep. So it is like a, a pretty common meditative practice, I think. Yeah, dude. My first grade teacher would do that during nap time. She would be like, <laughs> you're in a forest. Look at the trees. Look yeah. at the baby deer coming up to you. Why don't you feed it some corn? Well, and then all you do at that point is you just pick a person to sit across from you and then you start talking to them right? and ask them questions. So it could be anyone you want. Uh, but apparently all of these spirits think that he's doing a pretty good job, Chris. Rich Martini is. The most thing that I've heard from guides is they say this is really valuable what you're doing. You're helping people on both sides of the veil to realize that we can communicate with each other. And that to me is really what it's about in terms of talking to other beings whatever they are whether they're guides or councils or or from other planets Mm -hmm. is this telepathic communication so you're not asking them to talk with music or talk with sound or talk with words or to understand their words you're asking them to communicate telepathically and according to the science at the university of virginia we all have filters on our brain that block our ability to access this information and if we can bypass those filters either through a near-death experience perhaps out-of-body experience hallucinogens dmt we've heard that but also hypnosis and meditation are a way to just sidestep the filters so he's saying that we can reach this realm all the time except for whatever reason we've put up these blockers mentally that will not allow us to speak with the dead, speak to the other spirit realm, unless we go through meditation or these other things. So that's why meditation becomes so important. Yeah, essentially. it's It okay. helps us break through those barriers. Right. Um, now, I would have thought the meditation you use would be much more intensive. Like I have to sit there and do like breath work exercises for six hours, you know, before I reach this like state where I can contact dead people. But what he's saying is basically like 30 seconds of like, you're on a boat, start talking to the person across from you. And then now you're talking to the spirit world. To be fair, it it would to get around that, whatever this obstacle is Mm -hmm. in our brain. And, you know, it could just be something as simple as living in the modern world that we live in this kind of scientific ideas that we have make oh just surface level make it harder for the average person to 
getting to this kind of almost magical realm. Mm -hmm. And so I could see it being relatively easy to get around those blocks. And I can see it being meditation being the thing that would be the simplest way to get around it. Which I, I, I agree with you there. I think my biggest problem is how easy this meditation is. <laughs> like, it's not very hard, apparently. I just feel like it should Good. be harder to talk to the spirit realm. No, dude. No, it's right there. The spirit realm is right next to us. It just feels like a long distance call. You know what I mean? We just have, we have blinders on, you know? And all you really have to do is take the blinders off, which is meditating. You just got to open your third eye. It's just like... Right, exactly. Opening exactly. your eye. Yeah yeah exactly and maybe you're right man maybe you're right well rich definitely has his third eye open though because another thing that he calls out here is that he's been seeing ghosts for a while chris were you always a believer in the other side well you know it's funny because i remember asking my father you know dad are ghosts real now i don't remember why i asked that but he's like no they aren't and so i just allowed that that was the case that throughout my life when i did see them and i saw a lot of them I just assumed, okay, it's something I made up. It's a pepperoni pizza I had last night, whatever. But when I started doing this research, I realized, oh, my gosh, my whole life I've had very unusual – well, I'll give you one. I was in Sydney. Philip Noyce had invited me over to see uh, his movie Newsfront, and I was staying at his house. And I woke up, and there was a guy hanging from the rafters. Hanging? Hanging by – noose it had startled me awake as you can imagine of course and, and this guy then looked at me and said because he saw me and said oh i'm terribly sorry mate it's just something i feel the need to do and then a ladder appeared underneath him and he climbed down the ladder and pulled the rope after him as if it was a prop and as it tumbled off the rafters everything disappeared that's a real jokester ghost dude just trolling you, trolling you a little bit. There was a lot. There was a lot there in that one too. There, yeah. So number one, that was definitely a name drop where he was like, "I was staying at Philip Noyce's place." Which, if you're not familiar with Philip Noyce, he's a director who uh, oversaw productions uh, like the 1992 Jack Ryan adaptation Patriot Games, as well as Clear in Present Danger from 1994. Uh, he also directed the 2014 of uh movie the giver if you're familiar with that one. Oh, interesting okay yeah he's actually like a real director <laughs> yeah that's a real director that's a yeah. real director yeah but then he's also just seeing these ghosts apparently and uh they're always not the nicest it, it seems i mean like hanging yourself in front of someone's kind of not cool i was i was getting some six cents i see dead people vibes from that yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of honestly what he's doing is is very much a sixth sense thing. But he's the the weird part is though that he's also at a couple points in the interview he mentioned specifically how he's not a medium. He he's a researcher, not a medium. But if you're seeing dead folks, I feel like that makes you a medium. You're on your way to medium at least. Yeah, and I think his ability to conjure them with meditation would also be a form of being a medium. I don't understand what the difference is between what he's doing and being a medium, honestly. Because he's doing science, Paul. Mediums <laughs> don't do science. Too. They're they're too in the spirit realm to get the data. Right, right. But he's got the data. That's fair. 
It's funny they call it the sixth sense thing because this next ghost story that he has is very sixth sense. Let's say somebody who's, I mean, I was, I was teaching film up at uh, Camden, Maine, the workshops, and I woke up one morning and there was a, I kid you not, a, a Algonquin or an Iroquois in full battle dress, dripping blood, had an axe Jeez. and a knife in his hand. How does this happen to you? Yeah, and he was screaming at me in some language. I, I, you know, I assume his language, and he was very unhappy that I was sleeping there. You know, I woke up and I was like, "Oh my gosh, what was that?" And so, you know, I slept with the lights on for a week that I was teaching, you know, this class. But late since then, I've understood that people, you know, who may had a hard time passing, they might stick around a house that they were in or a place, location, you know, the mountain that they used to live in. Because outside of time, you know, once you're off into the flip side, time is completely different. Right. Well, this is our theory that sometimes traumatic experiences or whatever the experience may be can imprint on a location, can imprint itself on a locale. So it's possible that this Native American if his weapons were bloody, killed something or was almost killed in this area. And that that event imprints itself on the 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 space, right? The spatial time. And so that we can almost re-experience it if this obstacle has been removed somehow. And I imagine that obstacle probably does leave us when we're in deep sleep. It could just be our inability to perceive time as it really is, because I mean, we're three dimensional creatures living in the fourth dimension, right? Fourth dimension being fully linear, but it's like a two dimensional creature can still be impacted by the third dimension. They just can't understand the scope of it. It's just like things crossing in and out of its line. Uh, maybe that's what's happened here. Like something about block time and like, Things are kind of crossing in and out, or we can kind of break through the fourth dimension in a way. That could be cool, man. I'm down for that. Right. That's fun. Right. It's a fun idea. It's like it's like Bran in Game of Thrones when he's looking back on time and mm -hmm. he like yells something, and the person kind of like looks that way curiously, mm -hmm. right? And that's that's about all we can do, right? For the most part. Yeah, I'm here for it, man. That's fun. It's a fun idea. Well, so we were talking about, you know, access to the other side and these spirits, but then he also talked a lot about this divine council, right? Which is like your council that kind of like oversees and helps direct you along your life. Um, what would you guess his success rate is on accessing people's divine council, Chris? A hundred percent, Paul. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's a hundred percent hit rate apparently because that's the only percentage <laughs> that people use on coast to coast am 100 percent of the time it works every george time. i'm going to tell you this works 100 percent of the time <laughs> these 20 scientists who all agreed for this experiment one was from harvard i've had neuroscientists uh, different people priests they all agreed to do an hour zoom session not knowing what we were going to do i just said it was going to be a guided meditation and I just started in with picture yourself in a boat on a river. And within a few minutes, all of them, that's 100%. So as a sub, you know, as a data set, it would be abnormal to suggest that they couldn't do it. They all met their counsels, their guides. Some of them saw previous lifetimes. 
Some of them visited classrooms in the afterlife. And sometimes I interviewed the teachers of those classes. And in a couple of cases, the teachers said, Richard, we've met you before. You've been here before. And then I had to remember, oh, my gosh, you know, five years ago I interviewed somebody who told me about being in this class. It's mind-bending, George. It really is. It's something else. Paul, can I be honest? There's something a little lame about the flip side being almost exactly like the real world. <laughs> but you still have to go to lectures? Yeah, you still have to go to lectures in class? Like, yeah. I don't think I want to do that. Now, if it was like Aristotle giving the lecture, then maybe I would feel a little bit different about that. But if it's just some ghost up there and they're like, all right, you got to go to class now, I'm going to be upset. Well, and the other part, too, is that these divine councils are apparently all sitting in, like, cathedrals or, like, courtrooms, which is all very terrestrial, you know? Right. I'm not... Yeah. I want them to be, like, floating in balls of light around the sun or something. That's way right. cooler. Yeah, dude. Hanging out in a church, again, I'm just not trying to do it my whole life. I already knocked this out. Let's do something uh, I did this part, y'all. That's why I'm here right now. <laughs> Let's do something else. At least the Greeks gave you like a field of wheat. Mm -hmm. Like that sounds like something I can kind of get my head around, you know, like, all right, you're just kind of like in endless, beautiful fields of, of fruit and vegetables. Yeah. All right. I can contemplate something like that, but you're in a courtroom. I don't want to be. I don't want to be there. You're in a lecture hall. Yeah, that's the last place I want to be. You're taking tests. You're having to do oral exams in front of this. This doesn't sound like fun. Well, and then it's just this constant cycle of learning and development where we are reincarnating. So we come to Earth and then we live our lives and we try to learn some stuff. And then we go to the spirit realm and then we go to lectures apparently and learn more stuff. And then we reincarnate again. And just, like, we keep doing that. So Mr. Martini believes in reincarnation. He does, yeah. It's like a constant cycle, essentially. Okay. That we're trapped right. in. Which also, man, I really like the idea better that, like, we have to learn all of our, our shit during our lifetime on Earth. And then we're in the spirit world, we're good. Like, I, this just sounds hard to spend a millennia on self-improvement. Right. I don't want to do that much self-improvement. So does he believe in Nirvana? Like, does he believe in an ability to go outside of the cycle of being reborn? He didn't mention that. I'm not okay. totally sure where there's an actual end goal of like, we will reach like the Godhead once we like hit our perfect mode or whatever. Because honestly, let's just say all of this is true. That yeah. would mean that Mr. Martini was probably relatively enlightened. If he's bringing other people into this realm. He would have to be, yeah. He, he would need right? to be like a Christ-like figure almost. He's on his way. Well, see, and this is where it becomes weird. Then the Christ-like figure would then try to make himself better. And like this 100% rate stuff, mm -hmm. that is, he's still huckstering a little bit. That's the thing is that a lot of this is a bit huckster, especially with how he's constantly asking about himself and everyone knows about him and how right. they're saying he's helping humanity and he has 100% hit rates. Like, all right, you're selling snake oil at that point. Buddy. Yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit. Come on. Come on. They can't, you can never use 100%. You gotta be like, 
90%, but some people can't. And like, for whatever know, reason, for whatever, make, make the reason up and throw in like, we can only do this on a full moon or you can only do it on ley lines or something like that. But there's gotta be a reason somebody can't attain sitting next to their dead loved one in a boat. Yeah. And I also, I also understand how you don't want to make it sound too difficult, but I don't think you can make it sound this easy of like, Oh yeah, I do think that you're on a boat and then start talking to a dead person and then say, Hey, I want to see my divine counsel. And then whatever you're thinking of, if like, when you think of the word divine counsel and you're in a church or you think of a courtroom or you think of a, a beautiful, like glade on a sunny afternoon, that's where they meet. I'm like, it, it can't be that simple. Right. Yeah. I, I want a little bit of work. Yeah. But again, you know, I, I, I've brought it up before, but I'm also getting kind of like Jodie Foster and contact vibes when she goes through the machine and she sees her father on a beach. Yeah. Right. It's kind yeah. of the same thing where yeah. it's it's like, eh, OK, I guess I can see why they would do it that way. Right. Like we are actually probably the ones built constructing the space that we're meeting our, our ancestors or whoever divine council mm -hmm. were constructing the space. They're not actually in a church. They're not actually in a canoe on a boat. That's just what we use to help us take in whatever information that we're receiving right it's it could even be that we're not actually talking to our ancestors right but they are using their likeness to give us whatever information it is that they need to give us yeah yeah that's a possibility as well then the other possibility is you're talking to yourself <laughs> that's a big that's a big possibility in all this too paul i mean 100 percent, 100 percent it will yeah, we'll address that at the end. He doesn't sell me that he's not promoting people talking to himself, but it's, it's you know, a possibility, I think. Well, at the end of the day, really all he's doing is psychoanalysis. Yeah. Psychoanalysis, but you're kind of making up the story. Yeah, pretty much. And you're just kind of like populating it. It's It kind of reminded me of Inception a little, where whenever you go into the dream, you're populating it with your consciousness. And that's like right. who all the people are. That kind of is what this feels like, where he's setting up like, Okay, you're sitting in a boat now. Populate this with your thoughts and feelings, and like whoever you want to see is going to be the person that shows up. Right. And then the person says, Well, my dad passed away. I really want to talk to my dad. And it's like, Okay, well, your dad's sitting next to you in your canoe. What are you talking about? And, yeah. and, and it just kind of goes from there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's actually pretty similar to his first experience, Chris. So uh, our boy rich went under hy hypnosis and that's where he first saw his friend who had passed away which is how he kind of got into all this was i went to friend visit my friend luana who had a recurring dream that she was in a classroom but now here i am in her classroom and i'm and I'm, i and she's startled to see me this is how it happened and i'm standing there in her giant auditorium and she had passed by then right she had passed by then and now i'm looking at her in the back row she's about 20 years old with a ponytail, and she looks at me like, what are you doing here? And I look down at the front of the stage, and there's a 10-foot-tall green fellow. I won't call him an alien because I think we're all aliens because we all choose to incarnate. Could be. But he's a tall-looking fellow. 
And the whole class stops while I start talking to my friend Luana. They all stop and look at me. And it was so awkward. And I said to the hypnotherapist, this is weird. I'm talking aloud, but everybody can hear me in the class. Who do you think this big old tall green guy is? Some some sort of alien, apparently. Huh. But not an alien because we're all aliens, man. Right. You know, that's a derogatory term that Rich is above that paradigm. That is cool to think that we may see some, like, other creatures in the spirit realm. That is exciting. That is goofy to me, though, that we would maintain that physical body. Like, I could understand his friend presenting to him as he knew her. Like, that kind of makes sense to me. But then if we're all just presenting to what's going to make the individual who's coming to the spirit realm most comfortable, why did the alien maintain his alien vibe when he knows that this person's from Earth where we haven't met aliens before? You're digging now into lore that is inexplicable. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I can't. Paul, I should be trying to do the, this. Yeah, you are in the inexplicable part of the lore. I'm not sure. I don't have a good answer to that other than the fact that for whatever reason, this 10 foot tall green lecturer thought that that was the form that would be most pleasing to him. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. And then, you know, means how terrifying is that thing on a normal basis? Yeah. I tentacles coming out all over the place and stuff. Yeah. And apparently this friend gets really mad, though, with Rich showing up and crashing the lecture, which would make sense. Yeah, you know, like, I, I would as well. Do? Yeah. Get what are you here. doing in our classroom? You're embarrassing me in front of the teacher. These are my friends. She's my friend. Luana has me by the arm and she's apologizing on my behalf to the teacher. She's saying, this is my friend, Richard. I'm so sorry you interrupted the class. This is embarrassing to me. You know, he's doing some kind of a project on Earth and whatever. And I'm and I suddenly, you know, it's like the Shakespearean nightmare. You wake up, you don't know what play you're in. I'm looking and I'm thinking. And then this person, the teacher, looks at me and goes, "Well, what's your question?" And my higher self had about you know five or six questions, and he answered them. So all I can say is that's a subjective experience. I had it. I know what it's like. So I got to ask the spirit like five or six questions that really were profound i'm not going to tell you what they are george doesn't tell us what they were what were those six questions dude i'm sorry you get to go to the spirit realm and ask five or six questions to what is essentially an ascended master and he gives you the answers and you don't relay that information do you think his height and his greenness is what is telling us that this is ascended spirit I I don't know that, but I choose to believe that now that you've said it. The taller you are and where you are on the color spectrum. Yeah. Oh, my God. Is that racism? Are our spirits racist? (laughs) I I think you just made them slight. But, like, where green is the dominant color. Well, see, but they would green wouldn't be dominant because they're still a part of the system. They're the teacher- They're a teacher spirit, right? There has to be like a principal spirit. Somebody who runs the classes, right? I don't know. This is a bureaucratic structure already. So there's got to be more bureaucracy. There's got to be a hierarchy, essentially. The teachers are, this is a professor. Professors have bosses. You know, there's the department heads. Then there's like the president of the university or whatever. I think you're right. There has to be a hierarchy here. 
so you know there's an eight foot green figure but then there's probably a 10 foot red figure dude you know what you're making me like this so much less because i why do we have to copy and paste the bureaucracy of normal human life onto the afterlife i would have figured we'd be above that i actually think that when we find out there's other civilizations that it's just all bureaucracy <laughs> like it's just natural for a group of collective beings to form a bureaucratic structure god that sucks so hard isn't that terrible it's awful especially especially if there's capital involved if there yeah. is still some kind of monetary form involved it's always going to create a bureaucratic structure that we get to the afterlife and it's still capitalist oh dude <laughs> if we when we wake up we will be in the dmv essentially yeah that's and you'll funny. have a number and you're just going to be sitting there waiting to talk to a spirit that's been there slightly longer than you have. Yeah, you're making me want to live forever, for sure. Yeah, dude. It's the spirit realm, no matter who talks about it, sounds lame. Well, let's get into a bit more of his lore. So when it comes to the divine council, like what exactly is that? What's What function do they perform for all of us? Uh, uh, Michael Newton first mentioned this idea of having a group of elders who seem to oversee all of our lifetimes. And, uh, and then when I did my first hypnotherapy session, boom, I was there in front of these eight individuals who I felt like I'd known them. None of them I recognized. But I was able to ask them very like, profound questions about my journey and what, I mean, what am I doing on the planet. And then what I discovered was while I was filming people, I filmed 200 so far, 100 with hypnosis and 100 without, both groups would see these councils, these groups of individuals. And then when you look it up on Wikipedia or anywhere, you'll see that every major religion, every religion has a, an assembly of a group of the Book of Job has a, a, a description of God's council, but each each religious text has some assembly group that oversee, you know, the Greek gods, etc. And it's, I started to think to myself, well, maybe the descriptions of these mythological elders really come from our own experience. So it's essentially just talking about, like, guardian angels or something like that. Yeah, but, like, it's it's actual, it's essentially sort of like guardian angels, but then, like, each member of your divine council you earn over time and it's almost like they're the advisory board and they each have archetypes they fit in nice nice all right so we each have our own board so there's like a chairman or a chairwoman and then there's the chair people and they're sitting there and they make decisions mm -hmm. about your life that do these decisions affect us somehow I think it's more of an advisory board. You know, okay. I don't think it's like they're pulling strings. I think they're just kind of like there to have your back, like a, kind of a guardian angel. But I guess guardian angels do intervene. I don't they get sometimes this, intervene, yeah. yes. I don't get the sense that this group actively intervenes in your life. I think they're because this whole thing seems to be right. built around the idea of improving, like self-improvement for your spirit so you can continue to get better. And I think that's kind of what they're there for. Yeah, they're ex officio, so that means they're non-voting members. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of what's going on here. Right, is the vibe okay. I'm getting. <laughs> so this is silly, dude. What? 
This is I can so almost guarantee Rich is going to listen to this episode. He is the kind of person, because we've yeah. had people find us after reviewing their episodes before. I'm getting so, the sense he's the kind of guy who has a Google alert set up. <laughs> he's got a Google alert set up for his name, no doubt. Yeah. So let's get hey, into Rich. The- Hey, Rich, let's get into the archetype piece, because I did find this this interesting for sure. Um, what is your role on this council? And everyone has earned a position to serve. So they'll say, well, I represent courage. And I'll say, OK, well, how did this person earn your role on their council? And they'll, sh- they'll show them. I don't I'm not seeing them. You know, the person I'm talking to is right. And they'll say. Oh, I sacrificed my life for like a whole bunch of people, you know, in a war back in the 1700s. And they're showing me that this was when I was selfless. I really gave my life for others. And and then I'll say to the council member, are you on, do you represent the same quality on other councils? Sometimes they say yes. And I'll say, how many other councils are you on? And sometimes they say very few, or sometimes they say very many. And some people who represent qualities like wisdom and sort of grand, uh, you know, things of, you know, the nature of consciousness, they'll talk about being on thousands and hundreds of thousands of different councils. So he really is doing psychoanalysis. Sort of. Like a really hokey psychoanalysis. It's a really hokey psychoanalysis. No, I mean, it, 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 it reminds me a lot of L. Ron Hubbard back mm-hmm. in the day when he's first developing Dianetics. Yeah. I mean, that's what this is. That's what he's doing. He's yeah. just not saying that, you know, it's not like past life regressions. It We're talking to spirits instead. Yeah, you're making this way worse than I initially thought it was, actually. This is kind of similar to, like, Thetans and shit like that. It's of, very like, close. It's very similar. Pieces of my past life that yes. are, are sticking with me or past lives. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, and, and then we're, like, cool. anthropomorphizing qualities about humans. So it's yeah. like, you know, one member is courage, and another mm-hmm. member is wisdom, and another member is happiness. This may be more problematic than I initially thought it was. Yeah, uh, dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, you want to hear a fun part? Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I'm having fun. I'm having a great time. It's just, I don't think, uh, I don't know if you properly thought this one through. No, nope. nope, not all the way, dude. I was, just, I couldn't get past the fact that it was just like, just imagine you're on a boat, and then imagine that you're in your council, and there you are, and it's all real. And I'm like, come on, yeah. dude. I couldn't get past that part. <laughs> Yeah, how silly all that was. You, uh, well, the, you you didn't properly look at the underlore. No, I didn't. Uh, well, here's another part that got me too is that apparently animals can be on your council. But in terms of councils, everyone has one. Sometimes, and you'll see in the book, some people will get to the council and see like only animals there, hmm. like birds or an eagle. Or in one case, a literally a squirrel. And, you know, so he's going down his uh, road. On the guy's council? council yeah, and he's saying, you know, there's an old man and there's this person who, etc. They say all these different people, very wise woman and feel like I've known her forever. And then they got to this squirrel. And I said, so have you ever incarnated on the planet? I mean, why are you looking like this? Why are you presenting yourself? And this is key because they present themselves as they prefer. So this guy has a furry on his council. 
No, I, I don't think it's a furry. I think it's a literal squirrel. Oh, it's a literal squirrel. It's okay, literally not, not there's yeah, not a spirit dressed as a squirrel. It's a real squirrel. It is the spirit is presenting as a real squirrel just okay, sitting on the it. table, which got is it. awesome. Dude, I was thinking of having like South Park's Woodland Critters from the Woodland Critter Christmas special on my council, and they're all just like, let's kill them. <laughs> Let's say it's Satan. Um, <laughs> dude, so I, I did this myself because I was like, all right, let's give it a try. So I imagined that I was sitting on a boat and there was someone across me talking. And then I went to go see a divine council. And the divine council that I was imagining, because I had listened to this episode and he talked about the animals and I was fixated on the animals, every single one of them was an animal. <laughs> I, was I was surrounded by animals. <laughs> just uh, an animal council. Yeah, it's it's just like, you know, to bring it back to Inception, like, you know, don't think about the white elephant. What are you thinking about the white elephant? It's like, right. you tell me that you can have animals on the council. I'm immediately imagining a squirrel and an eagle and a lizard, like, just sitting around the table. Yeah, dude, you are you have Brian Jock's Redwall series in your brain. Yeah, it was pretty rad, though. Like, if that is my divine council, I'm kind of down for it. Yeah, it's, dude. It's fun. Just a bunch of animals all dressed up in full plate armor yep. and, you know, just having like sick staged battles around a round table, dude. Oh, Come yeah. on. It's great. Well, you want to hear George Nori actually go through this process with our good friend, Rich? You got to be kidding me. Yeah, they do it live on air. I can't wait. I mean, I can show it to you right now if you want me to. Yeah, how do you do that? All right. So, George, picture yourself in a boat on a river. Just any kind of boat. Any kind of boat. What's the boat? Tell me what it looks like. Oh, it's a little 20-footer. And is there a sail or no sail? It's a motorboat. Does this boat look familiar to you, something you know? No. Okay. And then tell me about the water we're in. It's a lake in Missouri, and it's quiet. I just want you to put someone across from you to sit in the boat. A friend or who? Uh, it could be a friend. It could be someone who passed away. It could be Don Rickles. All right, I'll put Rickles in there. Okay. So just pretend that Don is sitting across from you. So I want Don to do us a huge favor and nod, shake his head no, or shrug his shoulders. And I'm going to ask him this very simple question. Don, can I ask you a question? And he's shaking his head yes, but he's, he's got a big smile. Yes. Are you familiar with what we're doing, Don? He said no. Did you put this idea in my head to ask, invite you to come and sit in the boat? He said maybe. Okay, then try not to judge the answer, whatever it is. And so maybe is closer from my mind to yes. This is silly. This is so silly. <laughs> what I'm talking about, dude. It's this so is dumb. so silly. And this guy believes that what he's doing, he's actually talking to spirits. Yes. So, I, well, okay. So, I can't attest to him actually believing this. I can attest to this is his life's work. So he believes that George is actually talking to the spirit of Don Rickles here or just <laughs> yeah. a spirit manifesting as Don Rickles. I think it's, it's potentially both. It could be just a spirit guy that's in the shape of Don Rickles, but I, there's also the strong possibility that this is Don Rickles that he is now speaking to just by thinking about it. How ticked off is Don Rickles that all of a sudden he's sitting in the boat in the middle of Missouri? 
Yeah, he's like, I was just hanging out doing my thing and I got to go talk to this asshole. I was sitting in the middle of a lecture given by a 10 foot tall green lecturer. And now I'm sitting in the boat in the middle of a lake in Missouri. Yep. Cool. <laughs> so this, that's this is all sounding so good right now. Dude, I told you this was too easy. It can't be this easy. You're right. It is too easy. I need like even if you're gonna grift me, I need it to be a little harder. Like, come on. <laughs> Light a candle or something. Yeah, Tell me dude. I need to have a yellow candle like uh Dr. Paglini would. Something, man. So Something. It, it, it so it keeps going. So after we're on the boat with Don Rickles, then we ask Don Rickles if we can meet George Norrie's divine council. Like where where's the divine council sitting at? So you have to ask a spirit guide first to then introduce you to your spirit council. That's what it seems to be, is you always okay. want to start with getting to your spirit guide and then they'll take you to the council okay. as so, opposed to just trying to yeah. get the council. Dante needs Virgil to take yeah. him through hell. Don Rickles is the Virgil for, for George, George Nori. Nori is right. what's happening. Okay, awesome. And this is all super serious. <laughs> so what does your council look like? Are we inside or outside? Good question. Inside or outside? Inside. Inside. And now look at the floor. Is it a wood floor? Is it a marble floor? Is it dirt? I'm leading you, but whatever. It's a floor. What it's, does it look like? It's kind of tiled. Out of tile. Okay, very good. Does it look familiar? No, it does not. All right, so let's ask George's council to come into the cathedral, into this place. Four or five people, all friends or family members who have passed. Okay, very good. So let's start with them. Let's go to the first person on the far left. And let me ask, is it okay if I ask you a question? She said yes. And so now t describe this person. You said it's a male? How is he old? No, this, is, this one's a female. A female, okay. And just describe her. Is she old, young? Uh, she's in her 50s. This is my sister who passed. All right, so Georgie's starting to get into it a little bit more. He he didn't realize what he was supposed to do from the very beginning. No, he, he definitely seemed a little bit lost, but he's leaning in more he's than He's starting to lean into it a little bit, yeah. I was like, dude, Rich is trying to do this live demo, and George is not performing. Not well. participating. Not up for it, dude. Yeah. Making Rickles in the boat was already... A problem. You should not. You should not have mentioned Rickles. That was just not, a bad idea. Yeah, that was that was a bad bad idea. It could be Don Rickles. All right, it's Don Rickles. Yep. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> so we got a little more. Where I think this is, and Rich already mentioned this, but like he's definitely leading George here for oh, sure, big time, big time. Uh, let me ask you. So, are, do you represent a person on George's council? Is that yes or no? She said she represents herself. Okay, very good. Are you familiar with my work talking to councils? She's heard our show before. Okay, very good. And so let me ask you, how is George doing? Very good. Surprisingly good. Do you think that our conversation, talking to you and talking to divine councils is going to help people? I'm not sure. Could, maybe, maybe not. Okay, very good. Could you introduce us to the person to your left? Is it a male or a female? It's a male. It's my father, her father. He is real. That I bet he asks that question every single time. Have you heard of me? Have you heard of the work that I do? He, he does literally that every single time. He literally says that too. Is that like everyone seems to have heard of him in the right. spirit realm? That's a little insane. That's completely crazy. 
yeah that's a little that's a little insane and like i'm sorry you had like 50 of these that you recorded but the billions if not like trillions of souls across because we're not just talking about human souls right this is this is universe why there's apparently life because we know that there's aliens that are 10 feet tall and green right they've all heard of you yes every single one it's all anybody can talk about in the in the flip side paul that's what he says too is that like behind closed doors like they are talking about him and the work that he's doing it's that important it's that vital you turn on the spirit tv and every channel is just mr martini and his wild boat and cathedral it's and it's just so simple i don't know why we haven't been doing this for the past ten thousand years get on a boat is don rickles across from you perfect (laughs) we'll we'll use don rickles all right so the last clip from george's uh impromptu session with rich uh, his counsel apparently is not really interested in talking today. They're all a little confused. Okay, they're all a little bit surprised to be here. So, well, let me ask. Uh, let me ask your dad. Is George's counsel available to come forward to talk to us? They wish not to at this point. Okay, very good. Thank you, and that's fine. Because well, why is know, that though, Rich? Not everybody wants you to know who's your counsel. It's not. It's. I've had one person say that they had gotten kicked out when they tried to go into the council. This is what I'm saying. This is psychoanalysis because Mm -hmm. what it's actually is that George doesn't want to do this now. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? And it's like, Oh, my my father and my dead sister don't feel like talking right now. And it's like, no, George, you probably don't want to talk about your dead father and your dead sister right now. Right now while you're live on air. Live on air, right. That's what I'm saying. It's like, yes, he's now realizing what is going on. And he's like, maybe I don't want to do this. Yeah, and and it's also drug out for a really long time. And to be honest, dude, this was shit radio. Like, it was not good. Like, it drug out super long. George Norrie had, like, one-sentence answers or, like, one-word answers. And the, the whole time I was just like, oh my God, dude, can you just speed this up? Like we get what you're doing. Yeah, that's it's not just, good. It's not it was not good radio. Yeah. What's the floor? It's tile. <laughs> Do you recognize it? No. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what was you're happening. doing great, George. You're doing oh, I great. love it. I love it. Yeah. It's new information. But yeah. and the other thing, so going back to what he was saying too about like collecting data points and you know, being able to ask people the same questions to try and standardize this. When he's Putting people in a scenario where they put a dead person across from them, and then he says, let's go meet your divine counsel. You're putting these images in people's heads. Right. Like, when you think of divine counsel, you're probably going to be thinking of some sort of divine courtroom or divine cathedral, yes. Yes. because that's what I would think of. Right. Um, so that's why there are similarities in these stories, is because we live in the same culture and have this right. you know, relatively similar ideas within, you know, this zeitgeist that we all float around. In. Yeah. So, yeah. I, d- I'm not d- buying it. Divine counsel always means like robes and wigs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's all going to be robes and wigs. Well, now for me, it just means a bunch of animals sitting around a, a round table. I'm telling you, Woodland Critter Christmas Divine Council. That's what I'm going for for from now on. Yeah. Well, so, you know, obviously a big question that we're having here is, is this is this nonsense or not? Uh, so Rich does address that fairly quickly. Um, but here's his answer to like, how do we know this is real? All right. Thank you, George. And, you know, whether it's true or not, it's still a fun thing to do. Now, how do I know it's real or not? 
to myself. Like I say, if you keep asking questions, when you get an answer, you haven't even thought of the question. And suddenly you see you're like your brother's face. And the, like the question was going to be, you know, who, are, who do I need to call? And you hadn't even thought of it. But you, they answer it because they're outside of time. They kind of know what you're going to ask. So that's, that's the key. When you get an answer before you can even ask the question, then you know you're connected. There you go. It's that simple, Paul. It's that easy. Does, did that sell you? No. Not sold. <laughs> Sorry, Dr. Martini. He, he seems like he uh, is relatively earnest, but yeah. yeah, not really sold in his way of contacting the spirit realm. And here's the thing. He, it doesn't seem like it is necessarily like abusive like Scientology is. But I think you're right, is that it is Scientology-esque for sure. Right. It's Scientology-esque. It's kind of psychoanalysis. Mm -hmm. So I probably don't really have too much. Like, at the end of the day, he's just allowing people to kind of go into a realm where they're less protective. Mm -hmm. which he is kind of moving these obstacles, right? But yeah, they're not actually talking to the spirit realm. They're talking into their internal monologue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Which, yeah. And so that's why people are like, well, this person represents courage and this person represents intelligence and this person represents humor. And mm -hmm. it's like, well, you're just kind of talking to manifestations of yourself. Yeah, yeah. Different ways in which you see yourself. And a lot of us don't do a lot of this introspective work. And so it is probably pretty mind-opening for a lot of people who go through this, but they're not talking to the spirit realm. Mm -hmm. They're just talking to themselves. Yeah, it, it almost reminds me a little bit of how I've heard people approach tarot card reading, where... Right. Obviously, each like tarot card like has like symbolism and all these different meanings behind it. But there's like eight different meanings behind each card. So if you're reading your own tarot, it is kind of like a meditative thing of like right. what's speaking to me in this particular card. And it's like not the tarot is actually doing anything, but it's like a form of introspection where it's like you're looking at the card, what's reflecting back at you, and that may that's probably how you're feeling that day, you know. And that's all that Mr. Martini is doing. Yeah. yeah. He's not, and like, do I think you could talk to the spirit realm? Absolutely. Do I think this is the way you talk to the spirit realm? Absolutely not. <laughs> well, Chris, we have some callers. Okay. So we have one caller and we can hear how Mr. Martini would put this into practical action out in the real world. Uh, and I was a little shocked by this. This guy calls in and says that his sh sister was shot yesterday. Welcome to the program. Hey, Rudy. Hey, George, how are you doing, sir? Wonderful. Uh, listen, there's a really bad story happened yesterday. I'm sure you've heard of it. In Allentown, Pennsylvania, my sister was shot by her ex-husband. Oh, my God. Tuesday, um, 7 o'clock at night, just about 30 hours ago or so. Um, just tell me whatever you could see, whatever you get. Patricia White. Okay. So, okay, Rudy, I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, you know, as you know, I'm a, a filmmaker, I work with mediums, and, I, uh, and I've been doing this research for a long time. And I, what I can tell you is that your sister, uh, is that what you said? Yeah, your sister. Yeah, sister. She, she still exists, 
and she can be spoken to as reassured as well as ask her questions about what happened or why this had et cetera, et cetera. I can't ever imagine like you getting shot and then calling up coast to coast to AM the next night and talking about it. So his, his yeah, his sister got shot. Right. But I'm saying yeah, if you got goes. shot. Oh yeah. I'm not calling a radio station the next night. No. Oh, you mean if I got shot? Yes, if you got shot. Yeah, yeah. That's. Well, I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, yeah, if, if someone shot Chris, I wouldn't be calling Coast asking for advice within a couple hours. 30 hours, dude? That's the next <laughs> night. Yeah. He calls in the next night. Yeah, I, I just feel like I'd be doing something else. Yeah. But, um, yeah. so I didn't totally believe that story, to be honest. Uh, but I mean, who's to say, I guess that was wild. That was we. I was a little shocked by that when he called in and said that. I was just like, what the, what, what are we talking about? Um, so we have another caller, Chris, who's mad that this is not Christian. And that's very upsetting to him. James in Virginia. Take it away, James. Hey, James. Hey, George. I don't have enough time to tell the gentleman there that everything he says goes against the Bible. As far as I know, the Old Testament and the New Testament that we're going to be judged one day in the white throne judgment. And that takes care of the reincarnation pretty much. And Jesus right, says, well, hold hang on, whoa, whoa, hold on there. You know, we've had a number of conversations with people talking about the Bible from the flip side. And here's what they say. The Bible is metaphor. It's the way poetry is written. It's good for people. It's great for helping people find their spirituality. But it's not a cookbook. It's not a math book. It's not a doctor's manual. It's not a science book. And what people say is consistent and reproducible, which is what data becomes. So I've been talking to people on the flip side for over 10 years. They tell me new information. But they also tell me that all religions point to the same garden. They also tell me that the Bible is metaphor. That doesn't mean less or it's a pejorative. It's a wonderful book. A fantastic book that can help people, but it's not meant to be used as a weapon. Got ourselves a new J.C. Webster, huh? <laughs> yeah, apparently. But I was like kind of a base take. Like I was, you know, well-rounded response to someone attacking you on the yeah. foundation of, of not being biblical necessarily. You would love that it's all metaphor. I just, I thought it, I thought it was a nice, you know, thoughtful take that he had there. I'm uh, doing science here. Sir, there's I also, data and facts for a decade. I, I really love this idea, too, because like we said, people are just having a conversation with their inner dialogue. So he's acting like a data set of people's what are essentially people's opinions has any sort of validity. Right. You know what I mean? Like it, it is representative of the opinions of the people that he's meeting with, but it has nothing to do with the truth of the statement either. Yeah, like I said, he's just doing psychoanalysis. Yeah, That's all he's doing. You can say whatever you want about psychoanalysis. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't really know. I don't really care. But again, I, I, at the end of the day, if these people are being introspective and they are getting a positive experience out of it, then I don't really see anything wrong with it. Yeah, yeah. As long as nothing abusive is happening here, which I, from right. what I can tell, it's not. He's mostly just yeah. selling some books, so whatever yes. i don't care um but i just loved how this is something that we can all do in the comfort of our own home so um 
take a look, sit in your boat, talk to your divine council, and uh, let us know uh, what what comes you back. You don't even need to be in a home to do this. You just need to sit there. You just need to be present somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you just got to be. So, you just got to sit down somewhere. Well, Chris, think about a, a boat. On a scale of one to five divine squirrels, what do you give our story today? I feel like I've been giving a lot of two, two and a halves recently, but this is another two or two and a half. Like I said, it doesn't seem like he's doing anything bad to these people. I think for the most part, like I said, introspection is good, but they're not talking to the spirit realm. And that this man thinks that he's talking to the spirit realm or claims he's talking to the spirit realm is kind of wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a wild thing to do. I mean, I get, I get, I get that he can't just say we're going to do psychoanalysis on you and people would sign up out the wazoo, right? So he needs a better selling point. We can talk to your dead relatives and your guardian council, divine council, and that's a much better sell than let's psychoanalyze you and you can do some real introspection, right? Nobody wants to do that. People want to talk to their spirit realm. So I get why he repackaged it this way, but I wonder if he actually contemplates it that much. I'm not totally sure that he does, to be honest, from what I was getting from this. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give him one divine squirrel because he needs to make this harder you know i need it like either difficult or esoteric like a ouija board where it's like whoa what messages are coming across or i have to meditate a ton or take dmt or something but just sitting there and being like i'm on a boat can i talk to my divine council and then suddenly you're talking to the divine council that's too easy man it's too simple well dude it's all about simplicity when you're spreading ideas though and if you do make it too difficult, then people don't want to do it. But I think there's a level, right? There's a level of difficulty, but the uh, but it's not too difficult. It's just it's he made it too easy, too simple, right? But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I'll, I'll keep talking to my divine council and see what comes out of it. Uh, well, that has been today's episode. You can support us on our Patreon link is in the show notes if you want to throw us a couple bones. Uh, but otherwise, we will be back next Thursday with more Coast to Coast. All conspiracy, all the time. Later.